0: Welcome to the Blue Collar Gold Podcast, the podcast that shows you how to build a world-class service business from the dirt up. And now, your host, Mark Stoner. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Blue Collar Gold Podcast. This week's uh, lesson, this week's podcast is going to be the parable or the story of nails in the fence. And... Seems like I use that this story quite a bit when I see people kind of damaging other people or me or relationships, and um, and I'll, I'll bring that story up in a minute. I first wanted to talk about uh, today was a good day for uh, I do a, a workout at a place called Orange Theory, and it's not a this isn't a commercial for that, but I had a personal record. In the 500-meter rowing, uh, they you do a treadmill, a rowing, and a weight floor, kind of a circuit training thing. And so every couple times a year, you do what they call a benchmark, and you do something for time and see if, how, if you're getting better. And we did them, and I wasn't, you know, you enter your time, and they said eight people had a personal best. And you couldn't see who was, you know, winning or who, who got them. So after part of the workout, I went up and checked. And sure enough, I had beaten my record by 10 points, uh, 10, 10 seconds. And I was in first place of the group. And I saw, you know, it said, Mark S, 50 plus. And I'm like, what? I wonder what 50 plus is. And I was looking around like, what is that? And then I realized... It was an age group, and I was like, What? And so, you know, it was, it, it's so funny because it would go 20 to 29, 30 to 39, 40 to 49, and then 50 plus. Like, I'm lumped into all the old people now. Like, 50 on, you're just old. And every everything else was intense. I would appreciate a 50 to 60, and then maybe a 60 to 70, but I'm 50 plus now. So anyway, I was a little bit of a shock to the system. About to be 52, but uh, it's okay. It's just a number. Don't feel it. Feel good. And then uh, the other thing I want to talk about before I get into this story is uh, I am part of a non-for-profit called Sweep Away Cancer, and we raise money for cancer um you know survivors and and people who have bills basically through you know paying their mortgage paying their car paying we pay things for people that's what the charity does we raise money through sweepawaycancer.com if you go there we sell shirts and hats and fundraise well what's coming up is our our rally we have a annual rally it's going to be in the in the uh, Gatlinburg Pigeon Forge uh what they really call the tail of the dragon area you we ride motorcycles you can ride cars Uh, we get there it's going to be june 14th and 15th we arrive on that friday have a big barbecue that's set out for everybody and welcome everybody in and saturday we ride some of the most beautiful ride the most beautiful roads in america and if you have any interest in joining us that joining us to do that Go to sweepwaycancer.com, click on rally, you get all the information there and hotels and and the whole thing. Or, if you can't join us and you would like to donate to a great cause, uh, I think our number is about, I think we give away 96% of the money that comes in goes back to family, so it's a very well-run organization, and please consider that. So, my lesson of the day is is, uh, the story of nails in the fence, and... I'm just going to read it just so we're all on the same page. Uh, It says author unknown. I've heard this story for years and I just, I just find it so, so relatable. So here goes. There once was a little boy who had a bad temper. His father gave him a bag of nails and told him that every time he lost his temper, he must hammer a nail into the back of the fence. The first day, the boy had driven 37 nails into the fence. Over the next few weeks, as he learned to control his anger, the number of nails hammered daily gradually dwindled down. He discovered it was easier to hold his temper than than to drive those nails into the fence. Finally, the day came when the boy did not lose his temper at all. He told his father about it, and the father suggested that the boy now pull one nail out for each day that he was able to hold his temper. The days passed, and the young boy was finally able to tell his father that all the nails were gone. The father took his son by the hand and led him to the fence, and he said, You have done well, my son, but look at the holes in the fence. The fence will never be the same. When you say things in anger, they leave a scar, just like this one. You can put a knife in a man and draw it out. It won't matter how many times you say, I'm sorry, the wound is still there. The little boy then understood how powerful his words were. He looked up at his father and said, I hope you can forgive me, Father, for the holes I put in you. Of course I can, said his father. I just love that story. I think it's it's clear how powerful our words can be. And, you know, being an employer of a lot of people, There's some people that just naturally know they're going to go over the edge. They know they're going to cause problems and pain. And they just have gotten used to saying, I'm sorry. And some people are really, really good at, I'm sorry. I'm sure you know these people. I'm sure you have them in your life. Because when they say, I'm sorry, you believe them. I mean, especially people with some type of an addiction. If they have a drug addiction or alcohol addiction, um... They are really good at I'm sorry, and I've had several alcoholics work for me in my business. Um, you might call them high functioning alcoholics. Where you know I had a guy that was just an amazing, amazing worker. When he you know when he was on, he could just lay brick really well. Customers loved him. We liked him. He just you know he he worked hard. And, but it felt like he was always working hard because he knew that he was going to fall off, you know, and he was going to fail and he was going to mess up and he was going to have big mistakes. And so we would, you know, we... You would. He would say, "I'm sorry." He would be completely submissive. You would. Uh, you would say, "Okay, uh, I'll bring you back." And and he, and you bring. And I'd bring him back. And it was only a matter of time before something else happened like that. Uh, you know, In fact, one time we were at a, at a convention and he disappeared. And you know, we found him in an alley. We found him. He'd gone drinking. We found him in an alley. My guys had to go out and rescue him and bring him back. And you know we still loved the guy and cared about the guy, but finally one day it was just too much, and I said, "That's it." And and he he said, "You can't ever fire. You'll never fire me. I'm too valuable here." And I said, "Well, unfortunately, that's where you're wrong. Um, You are very valuable, but I have to fire you for the health of me and the rest of my company." And I, I have another. You know, I have had another technician that just you know, he, he, you know, makes mistakes and then falls on the sword. And, but after a while, you just can't keep doing that. You just can't, it just wears people out. They finally get tired of all the wounds in them. And at some point they finally say, I need you out of my life. And uh, sometimes it can take years. Sometimes it's, it's quick as a leader. I have to be a lot quicker than I used to be about it you know I I call myself a recovering nice guy because I still want to be nice but I I you know and I know I've mentioned this in a past episode but I'm I'm very firm and I'm a lot faster to move when someone is damaging uh the my relationship with them or their relationship with other uh employees uh, I'm very quick to move them out. You know, in, in the fable in the story, he you know, he had 37 times he lost his temper the first day and it gradually got worse. As a business owner, I can't let that happen. I can't allow a person to come in and damage my team and just say, I'm sorry. And so if you have those people in your life, read them that fable. It's on the internet, look it up, nails in the fence, and I keep it on my phone, and I used it once last week, and I used it once the week before. And it, it's just, uh, it really, it, I hope it was good for you. If you've heard it before, great. I think I've heard it a lot, and I still like reading it and hearing it. And it also need you need to think about it yourself. Do you, are you the one driving the nails? Are you the one that does it to other people and then ask for forgiveness? You know, it's better to just hold it, not, not drive that nail, not say I'm sorry, especially, you know, with, with spouses, a lot of times or loved ones where you just kind of take them for granted and you start saying the words that, you know, are going to hurt them, or you start doing the things that might hurt them. And then, you know, sometimes, you know, (laughs) some of the worst words you can use are you always, or you never, you know, those, that's always going down the wrong road, but then you kind of, start doing something a little more like you call them a name or you say, you know, you're just like your mother or you're just like your father or some next level cut that would hurt the person even more. And, and you, you say things and do things because you need a reaction them, or you need to, you know, you kind of need to hurt them back or, you know, in your mind. So, you know, the, the, the point of it is, it, it doesn't help. It doesn't work. It only makes things worse. It's a knife in somebody and you can say, I'm sorry, but there's still that wound there. And a lot of these wounds just never go away. So don't put them in there. Don't, don't get them into people. Don't, don't do it. Don't let yourself do it. If you're feeling it, pull back from it. I mean, of course you got to defend yourself and you got to take out for yourself, but not at the expense of hurting other people. And... You know, this week at work, um, you know, it seems like work and things. There's just like surges of things. I call them storms. Sometimes storms blow in and they they're all around, and then they they blow out. And last week we were on a cruise, and and this week everybody's getting back to work, and it's great. Everybody's in a good mood, and we're having fun. And the funniest thing was my office staff. The people who didn't go, not I shouldn't say office staff. The people that didn't go had a cruise party at work they they posted pictures of them dressing like they were on a cruise and they had these backgrounds that looked like they were tropical and they had drinks and it was just so fun it was neat to see them kind of support us out there and have a good time um, and and you know kind of have fun with us but have fun themselves uh, at the at the shop and um it was just neat to see that so you know, we're on kind of a high coming back for that. But then today, you know, reality's hitting, we're getting back into jobs and projects and some things aren't going right. Cause a lot of people have been off for the last week or two weeks, you know, and here come the problems. And, you know, I can start seeing some of the stresses pop back up with the people and how quickly we forget how the vacation was or, how grateful we are with each other we just get right back into work so i gotta have a conversation tomorrow with with a technician who unfortunately was saying saying some things that other people heard and and um he's driving those nails he's people aren't liking it they don't like some of the comments that he made about them or he was kind of making them just in general but people heard him saying these things and And saying some cuss words, I guess, and, you know, it it affects people. And one thing I I think that a lot of people don't realize is how much they affect people with their words. A lot of people discount their words that they don't mean much, or, you know, they just said this, but that doesn't mean anything. And that's not true. I mean, for me personally, words mean everything. Words are who I am and who and those words matter so much and you can't just cast off you know random words or say random things to people that can just be swept under the rug because to me it doesn't work that way at all in some ways this this episode is about leadership as well because you know leadership You know, when you see people hammering nails or when you see people abusing things and doing things as a leader, you have to step up. And, you know, uh, leadership, you know, the single greatest factor in a company is if it wins or fails is on leadership. And it's really it's not what you preach. It's what you tolerate. You know, I, I can preach stuff all day long and I can tell the people to do this or do that. And that may or may not work. But what it really boils down to is what I tolerate. That's really the backbone. So think about that in your business or in your, in your family, your life. It's, it's not what you preach. You can teach, tell your kids this or that. They don't do it. It's what you tolerate, what they know is going to happen. You know, I, I saw a saying that was, uh, if it feels like it's you versus the world, chances are it's you versus yourself you are in the way of it especially as leaders sometimes in business we feel like we're on an island there's nobody to talk to it's you versus everybody else it's you alone and or you versus the world and really um it's you versus yourself causing a lot of the issues and finding bottle you are the bottleneck a lot of times you are some of the issues that that you uh that you hate it's it's really usually a reflection on yourself on that a couple years ago um, there was a donut shop that was pretty close to my office and they opened up uh, just across the street and when we first started going there you know we wanted to support a local business they were you know, like a mom and pop shop. So we started going there and, um, you know, the donuts were always just kind of stale. Even they made them fresh. They were never that great. And pretty soon, you know, you just kind of quit going there. And I, um, you know, so we kind of just forgot about it. The donut place kind of uh, floundered and was never doing great. But this one time a salesperson came in to, you know, visit with us and they saw saw the donut shop. So he ran over there and grabbed like three dozen donuts and he brought them over with a carafe of coffee from the place, you know, just being nice. And he got them and we all saw it was called rolling dough donuts and we saw the boxes rolling dough and you know, some of the guys would eat them, but in general, I had like 40 guys and, you know, we had had, the guys were gone and I was talking to the sales and we went back into the kitchen. He's like, wow, they didn't really eat those donuts like I thought they would. And I said, well, they're not very good. I didn't know that you were going to buy them and they're just not very good. And he tried one and he goes, wow, they're not. He's like, oh, that's too bad. I said, he said, "I've got to take this carafe back over to them." I said, "You know what? This is a great opportunity for me to. I'm going to go tell them. I'm going to maybe try to help them. You know, him not be in his own way." And uh, so I went. I went with him, and you know, I always feel like it's best if I tell people the truth. You know, hiding it from them. And I don't mean being mean, but hiding it from people, I think, is more harmful and less honest. You know, why is it bad to be honest? Why is why are you the bad guy when you're honest? So, I mean, that's how I feel about it. Sometimes people take it well, really well, and some people take it really badly. In this, in this case, it didn't go so well for me. So I go over there, and I, you know, we give the carafe of coffee back, and I said, hi, I'm Mark Stoner. I, I own the chimney company across the street. And, um, you know, she said, hi, I'm the, I'm the owner's daughter. I said, nice to meet you. I just, I just wanted to give you some feedback. I, we buy, we used to buy donuts from you all the time, but they always seem pretty kind of stale. And I said, I don't know if it's, you know, something in the mix you use or the way it's stored. And then, you know, she immediately got defensive and said, oh no, no, no. I make them out fresh every day. And, you know, she just defended herself. And I said, well, that you might but but when when i get them they, they're kind of hard and they don't taste stale or they don't taste great and she's you know she didn't say much she's like okay well thank you for letting us know and i said no problem and i left and a few hours later, I was in the office, and all of a sudden, an older man came in, like through my back door, through my back gate, where all of our trucks are, and through the warehouse and into the office. And I saw him come in through a different door. And I saw on his shirt it said Rolling Dough. I said, "Hey, how you doing? I'm Mark. Um, you know." And in my mind, I'm sure he's going to thank me for my my astute observations of his operation. Well, he's like, uh, I said, "Hey, are you the owner of Rolling Dough?" He goes, "Yeah." I'm the owner. He said, "Uh, are you the owner of Ash Busters? And I said, yeah. He said, "Uh, did you go harass my daughter today? And I said, what? (laughs) He goes, yeah, did you go over and harass my daughter and tell her we had uh, stale donuts? And I said, well, okay, first of all, I didn't harass anyone. But yes, I did go over to tell her that your guy's donuts are stale. I would buy them all the time, but they're just stale. He goes, what the hell do you know about making donuts? And I said, I said nothing. I said, I don't know anything about making donuts. I just know if they're good, we eat the hell out of them. And And they aren't. So let me show you something. I walked him into the kitchen and I said, you see these three boxes, two boxes of donuts. We had three boxes of donuts. I had 40 guys in here. If your donuts were any good, these would be gone and we'd be wanting more. But we don't. And because they're stale, he goes, they're not stale. I said, well, I guess we have a different interpretation of it. You see this donut here? This was supposed to be a glazed donut. You see how you can break it? Well, you're not supposed to be able to break that. And he did it on, on my tank. He was like, well, it's, it's a little bit hard. I said, that's a lot hard for donuts that we just bought a couple hours ago. And he's like, I said, I'm sorry if I've made you mad. I didn't mean to. I said, if somebody... I I thought I was helping you. I thought I was telling you something that you needed to know about your business. I said, if somebody, a customer of mine says, hey, Mark, you're doing this wrong. I want to buy more of your product, but I can't because you're doing this wrong. I I think that would be valuable information. And so I'd want to know if my business was not good. He goes, well, your business isn't good. It's terrible. I'm like, (laughs) I said, okay. I said, have you been our customer? No. He said, no, but it's just the word. I'm like, okay. Well, that that doesn't work for me as you as to be a qualified, um, you know, consultant for me on my business problems. But it was just I said, you know, I said, man, I got to tell you, if you had great donuts, there'd be a line at your door and that you'd sell out of them every day and i've seen donut shops do that but really the truth is it's easier for me to drive up the street a little bit and get them at walmart dunkin donuts Krispy creams they're all around you have to have something special and you don't and there's no way you're going to stay in business with a product like this and he was mad he never listened to me he's in his own way sure enough about 30 days later he was closed And it it kind of broke my heart because I really wanted to help this family business. But man, sometimes you can't you got to get out of your way. You know, you've got to listen to people. You know, you've got to be open for criticism. And when somebody tells me something bad about my business, I listen to them. And I and if they have an ounce, anything I can take away from what they're saying about my business, I will take it and learn from it and change and adapt. If there's nothing true about it, I will defend us and I will take up for us and I will help the customer understand that they are mistaken because the customers are not always right. Sometimes the customers are liars. Sometimes the customers are trying to cheat you. Sometimes they're just absolutely mistaken. Sometimes they've read too much on the Internet and they think they know more than they do. So sometimes I just have to defend us. And I, I don't mean to sound like a jerk, but it's just the truth. You, We deal with three to 400 u- unique customers a week. So you can imagine there's some of them that are real gems that you, you get to deal with. And my office staff is amazing at dealing with them. And probably once a week one of them percolates up to me and I have to take care of it because they have to talk to the owner or they have to talk, you know, that's my people can't calm them down. Most of the time I can calm them down. Most of the time I help them understand the whole situation and we kind of come to agreement. Sometimes it's our fault. Sometimes it's their misunderstanding and it's their fault and they, they understand it. But you know, the main thing I think I do for people is listen to them and want to come to an understanding. Um, I do have one final story on telling the hard truth with people that might be in their own way, their own roadblock, and this one actually turned out pretty good, so um, I was working, I was at a gym, this is many, many years ago, I was working at this little town center kind of gym, and we go inside, and this one day, you know, it's like like three or four small rooms is what this gym was made of, it's kind of odd, but there's like a treadmill room and a free weights room and a machine room. But so I go into the free weights room and there was a guy in there and the whole room stunk so bad of body odor. It was unbelievable. We walked in and walked right back out almost gagging and we're like, oh my gosh. So then we just moved to a different room and did a workout. And then he moved into our room on the treadmills or whatever. And that room started to smell so bad. We left. We left. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I got to talk to management. So I need to talk to this guy. It's terrible. So I go up to management. And this guy was big. This guy that, was, that smelled bad, he was huge at the same time. So he's kind of intimidating looking. He's like Romanian or Russian or something. And... Um, so I go to management and I said, hey, uh, have you, this guy is, is, you know, I'm sure you know. And like, yeah, it's terrible. We, we just, I said, well, have you said anything to him? Like, well, no, we just follow him around when he leaves a room, we spray the room with you know, with, you know, Febreze or something I'm like well, that doesn't work. That, that's that's not going to help this problem. I said, I'm going to go tell him. And everybody in the gym's like, oh, no, here comes a beat down. You're going to get to see Mark get thumped right here by this this huge dude. But I, I just felt like I needed to tell him I needed to tell him the truth. And, and there's a lot of people, you know, he's affecting people. And I'm just going to tell him. So I walk up to him. I said, uh, you know, nobody's in the room except people are kind of watching at the door to see what happened. I walk up. I said, hey, I'm, I'm Mark. And he he said, I'm, I'm Igor or something like that. And I said, nice to meet you. I said, man, I, I got to tell you something. I know you don't know me, but I got to tell you something. I said, man, you got really bad body odor. I said, you need some deodorant bad. And he's like, really? I said, yeah. I said, you need to take a shower, put some deodorant on because it's, it's, it's hard to be in here with you he's like really he said I had no idea he said he said wow he said do you think other people are talking about me (laughs) and I said well I said I don't know for sure but I can tell you that um you need to take care of it I'm sure it's affecting everybody around you he's like okay and he left and everybody just couldn't believe I told this guy that well I saw him the next day He didn't smell at all. I saw him from then on, never, never a problem. And I have to think that I helped him. I have to think that there were other people in his life that were staying away from him, that people were ignoring him, and he probably had no idea why, because nobody would tell the guy the truth. Nobody would just be honest with him and say, this is the problem. You know, uh, and so I feel like I helped him. Who knows if it helped him with relationships, jobs, uh, family. I mean, who knows? It had to help him because it helped everybody in the gym. Just on a small micro level in his life, everybody in the gym would now be around him and talk to him where they weren't talking to him before. So, you know, I guess, you know, the, the, to wrap this, this episode up, it's, it's to look for the people that need help. It's to look for those that are hammering nails and they're, they're damaging things and tell them the truth. Um, look for the people who, uh, you know, may be on the fringes uh, that, that need you. I mean, sometimes it doesn't work. <laughs> As my rolling dough, the donut thing didn't work. He was mad. He wouldn't listen. But I'm still going to do it. I'm still going to tell people the truth. When I'm in a restaurant, I will tell somebody if they're fantastic, and I will tell them if it's not good, because that's the only way you can get better. If someone uses my service, I want them to tell me how fantastic we are, but I want to tell them if something wasn't right so I can fix it. I was just on the phone right before uh, this podcast with uh, Audible. I have two Audible accounts, and my books, I have two sets of books. I tried to merge them, and it all got messed up. The lady on the phone was an absolute joy to, to be with, to, to, to talk to. Um, and I told her, I said, you know, you've, you've made this such a great experience. So be honest with people. Tell them the hard truth. Tell them the good stuff more than anything. Be good to people. Don't pound nails and fences that you have to pull out and always leave a scar. That's my time. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the Blue Collar Gold Podcast. Please subscribe on iTunes or any place that you listen to podcasts. More information is also available at markstoner.com.